22nd pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback, North Carolina. Hello. It's going it's to be a perfect fit. I'm very happy to be here in Chicago. Yeah, I really enjoy the coaching staff and my time with them, and I just can't wait to get to work. Bears Hour Live with host Lauren Cox and the draft talk Phil Atoshin. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. We are coming to you on a Sunday evening this time. We pushed it back a little bit due to some other obligations from Draft Dr. Phil Atosh and my co-host, who's with me as always, bringing you some Bears talk on a Sunday. It's not Sunday without Bears football, and hopefully we can be your fix. Phil, I don't know about you, but in Wisconsin, it's been a a blazing hot weekend up in the 90s today. How's the weather on this Sunday in uh, the East Coast? Currently a balmy 58 degrees and rain coming down. It's uh, not been the greatest of weekends. We had a little clearing, and then it tried to top up to about 68, almost 71, and then it went down. Now we're sitting a little bit chilly, a little sweatshirt weather. Feels like Wisconsin on the East Coast, Lauren. Yeah, it looks like we uh, we kind of swapped a little bit for the weather today, but let's get into Chicago Bears football here. I want to talk about the wide receiver position today because it's been sort of the talk of the weekend here in Chicago, well, in the Chicagoland area, I should say, uh, about Jeremy Macklin, the wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs that was released on Friday. So a lot of Bears fans are clamoring to add him to the mix at the Bears wide receiver position, and I think there's some debate that can be had here about what they need at wide receiver and what Jeremy Macklin can bring and sort of how the dynamic's going to play out with all of these guys they have at the wide receiver position. I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about Victor Cruz last week, and I'm sure we'll get back into him this week. But you lose Alshon Jeffrey, you replace him. The, the Ryan Pace strategy of choice for most positions has been throw a bodies. bunch of bodies there and hope that competition brings out a couple quality players. Now you've got Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, Ruben Randall, and Victor Cruz, and Titus Davis added as veteran free agents this offseason, although Titus Davis is in his third year and has never made an appearance in the regular season. Then you've got uh, undrafted rookie free agent Tanner Gentry. They just released undrafted free agent Jawan Seals in order to, to who did they, to, to sign Victor Cruz, of course, and then Deontay Thompson, oh, you, Josh Bellamy, and Daniel Braverman return on the bench from last year. What was that? Well, you had a, a tricky move, Lauren, by one Ryan Pace in order to secure that roster spot. Do you want to go into that real quick? Because I thought that was a little under the radar nugget of information that the Lauren Cox special of uh, Ryan Pace. You had an injury with uh, quarterback Mark Sanchez getting hurt in practice. This seems to be a running theme, Lauren. Got a lot of injuries happen, a lot of owies. Drop the, the Coach John Fox soundbite there. Um, you know, there's a difference between injuries and owies. And-, and, and what they did do was pull their waiver, or they were going to waive Connor Shaw. Right, Lauren? You want to take this one? And then they pulled him back and ended up waiving the undrafted rookie from Oklahoma State in order to secure Shaw on the roster because Mark Sanchez got hurt. Did I break that down correctly? Yeah, so the rule in the NFL is that when you want to make a roster move, it's got to be finalized by 3 o'clock p.m. I would assume central time, but I guess I'm not I'm not certain on that. So the, in the morning, you know, the Bears flew Victor Cruz in. They had him you know, ready to sign the contract. He signed the contract and they announced that they were going to release Connor Shaw and Connor Shaw tweeted out, you know, thanks to the Bears organization, blah, blah, blah. Happy to be there, but I'm moving on. <laughs> you know, the per- perfectly professional and all that. And then Bears practice, I believe that late morning, maybe early afternoon. I don't remember exactly what time practice starts. And at that practice, Mark Sanchez suffers, I think it was just called a leg injury or a lower leg injury. I don't remember specifically what it was. Obviously, they don't give a lot of details here at OTAs, but Mark Sanchez goes down at practice, and all of a sudden, the Bears are stuck with two quarterbacks. And so before that 3 o'clock deadline, Ryan Pace reels it back in and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's keep Connor Shaw here on the roster. They switched it out, cut Jawan Seals instead. He figured, well, 11 wide receivers is enough. 
you know, didn't want to make it 12 with Victor Cruz. So Gaunis seals back his Shaw, and you've got three healthy quarterbacks again in Chicago. And I know Connor Shaw is sort of a fan favorite, and I think uh, I didn't listen in, but I heard on the Hogan Johns podcast, I think they were trying to talk fans down a little bit on the Connor Shaw ledge. I mean, I did look back, and Connor Shaw played 29 snaps in the preseason, so it's not as though he put together games worth of elite quarterback play to, to get super excited about in the preseason. But uh, you and I were both big Connor Shaw fans, and we're hoping to see more from him this preseason and hope he gets more of an opportunity. I don't know what's going to happen with Mark Sanchez, but I'm glad Connor Shaw is still around. What are your quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I like it because, first of all, you got to give credit to Ryan Pace for reacting quickly. I know fans don't really clamor for the waiver wire. Well, most fans don't. There are some fanatics out there that do. And you and I analytically try to recognize talent. And when, you know, you see a speckle of talent at the most important position of football and you saw a glimmer of hope with Connor Shaw because not only was he showcasing the traits that you like in a quarterback, but he was eliciting athleticism on the football field. That's what you saw, that spark. And you never know when you're looking at a quarterback, when they're going to hit their the ground running. You know, Kurt Warner, uh, Matt Hasselbeck, um, uh, what was it, Mark Burnell. These guys were no names, had a couple plays, uh, Matt Castle. You, you never know when a fit in a philosophy is there. Uh, Dow Loggins has some experience with Connor Shaw when he was in Cleveland. Thus, he was brought in, picked up on the waiver wire. And, you know, is he not or is he is Mark Sanchez head and shoulders better than Connor Shaw? Just because the Bears were going to waive him doesn't really necessarily mean to me that that was the right move. I understand it based on the drafting of Mitchell Trubisky and Mike Glennon. But here's a move that you gotta you gotta recognize quick feet, quick understanding by Ryan Pace of getting this guy back in the fold and waving a wide receiver that probably wasn't gonna make the football team. We'll see how it goes. I was hoping you you get Connor Shaw. I always believe in competition, and that's gonna bring us to the wide receiver position, Lauren, because well, I think competition breeds success. You gotta get the best guys out there. Well, and before we move on to the wide receiver position, I, I don't want to make this the, the backup quarterback show, but I <laughs> I was going I, I I I you know I also host the the Lockdown Bears podcast, and I ended up after Connor Shaw was released, I re- recorded like a twenty five minute thing about how you know Connor Shaw like releasing him now doesn't make a lot of sense, and obviously they ended up keeping him. So I, I want to just emphasize the points I, I was going to make on there is that like I don't get why you even cut Connor Shaw before the preseason. I don't feel like it makes it would make any sense at this point to just go in a training camp, even if Mark Sanchez hadn't gotten hurt with just the three of them, because I feel like once you get to the regular season and even into the preseason, Connor Shaw offers you so much more than Mark Sanchez. I mean, Mark Sanchez was pretty awful last year in a game and a half ish of the Dallas Cowboys, more like a half a game and then another quarter of a game. And even the year before that with the Eagles through some bad interceptions, he hasn't really been a consistent quarterback in a long time. Whereas we've seen Connor Shaw play well in Cleveland and play well a little bit in the preseason. And obviously if he comes in this preseason and stinks it up, then you cut him. But if he can at least play decently this preseason, I don't know why you keep Mark Sanchez on the 53-man roster over Connor Shaw. I don't think Mark Sanchez helps you win games any better than Connor Shaw does. And I don't feel like Mark Sanchez's veteran leadership and you know coach on the sideline thing really helps you that much in the regular season. I get having Mark Sanchez here in the preseason, in OTAs, in training camp, because he can be there for pretty much every step of the way. But I feel like once you hit that regular season, I don't know how much more Mark Sanchez can teach a Mitch Trubisky that Trubisky's not going to get from A, watching and listening to Mike Glennon, and B, listening to his quarterback's coach. I just think on a week-to-week basis in the regular season, it's not like Mark Sanchez is going to be pulling Mitch Trubisky out of meetings and sitting him down and, and quizzing him on what happened in the game before. I don't feel like his in-season value is very high at all, whereas a guy like Connor Shaw, especially if he has another decent preseason, he can be your third-string quarterback, and you look ahead to 2018 – when potentially Mike Glennon might be gone either way, whether he has a good season or a bad season, say Glennon's either traded or cut because of his either strength or poor season, 
Connor Shaw is a great candidate to be a nice young backup for 2018 and beyond behind Mitch Trubisky. You know, have a young guy that can give you a chance to win football games if you absolutely need to put him in there. And he's still young. He's still growing. He's still getting better as a quarterback. And he's been encouraging. So I don't, I don't get why you would release Connor Shaw even before the regular season unless he just plays really poorly in the preseason. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You never know when injury. This was the thing. This has been my battle cry, those of you following me. Uh, shout out to Trey Vizzy and Sandy over uh, across the pond. You have to realize we don't know what Mike Glennon is. We don't know a season without injury at the quarterback position, at the starting quarterback position, and at your second string quarterback position. You have seen injury occur instantaneously in football games that just absolutely destroys your season. So the more guys you have that are capable of moving the football down the field with this kind, this group of talent around them at the tight end position, at the wide receiver position, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe the best young running back in the NFL, arguably, then you need that quarterback to deliver and be able to get the checks, have some athleticism, and move the football. Why let go of a guy that's busting his hump to get healthy and get back into the quarterback room and quarterback competition? From all intents and purposes, everything I've heard about Connor Shaw has been outstanding as far as his ability in the classroom and his leadership skills. So why get rid of that when ultimately there's a lot at stake here in Chicago uh, with Coach Fox and company? So I'm right there with you, Lauren. I think obviously second string quarterback wasn't the topic, but it is a relevant topic and issue because you saw a very hidden transaction take place in regards to camp getting that much closer. And it involved the wide receiver position and Victor Cruz, so that's how I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off as still being on topic. There and you I go. think for, for the record, for our listeners at home, I want to say this is probably the sixth consecutive show with a "Who is Mike Glennon?" reference. So I think we should try and <laughs> keep that up. Get those T-shirts printed pretty soon. Who is Mike Glennon? We're gonna <laughs> find out. Hashtag it. Yeah. Hashtag that. <laughs> that's gonna we be... know about the neck. Shane Marsaw has done a great job illustrating the neck. Now we got to know about the football player. It'll be a it'll be like a black silhouette of like a giraffe <laughs> in like a football jersey or something. We'll we'll figure it out. But but I, I want to move on to the to the player that was signed in order to keep Connor Shaw on the roster and have a Juwan Seals moved off, and that's Victor Cruz. We talked about him last week. We talked about how he has the potential to really be a big time contributor here and and has an opportunity to step into that starting job. Phil, I want to get your I want to get your opinion on a take I had recently. I I I believe after looking at this depth chart that either one of Victor Cruz or Kendall Wright will not make the Bears' fifty three man roster. I don't think there's room for both. Do you think Do you mm-hmm. think there is? You know, I honestly did this in my head, and I'm looking at it, and I honestly think the best guys are going to win the battle. I could see a scenario. I don't know if I could put a number on it, but I could see a scenario where you're keeping him. I don't see Wright playing a slot position. I just, there's something about the football player that I don't think handles that position as well as he does outside. Now, I could be wrong. When I'm assessing him, If I was going to battle between the two of those players, I'm siding more with Victor Cruz because I feel like, as I went into last weekend, he has the art form down. He understands the art, the artistry that goes along with running the route and the concept to get open. Um, You've seen a guy, Danny Amendola, get injured, come back, get traded from the Rams to the New England Patriots, and you've seen what he's been able to do there. A Wes Welker, same thing. We're talking about slots now that have the the artistry of running the route down pat. Those guys can get open, and they are willing catchers of the football. And that, what does that mean, Lauren? The difference between winning 
and losing is catching and dropping the football. Guys that hold on to the football, whether it be seven-yard out route, a six-yard in, now you're second inch short, third inch short, because your receiver caught the ball. When you're dropping footballs, you're not moving the chains. And what does moving the chains do? It, it continues your drive for six. And what winning is all about is getting and scoring points, not kicking field goals. It's scoring points. And these little guys that go into the slot and run routes and are tough to cover because they're so quick and they have agility and great hands, those guys win games. They have hidden yards. They have understanding of moving the chains, and they and they win football games for you. So that's why I say to those haters out there, you don't count ever count uh, a, a Victor Cruz out because there's a lot of pride in that football player with a lot of experience on tape. You could see the talent. Now we all don't know, but are you willing to hedge your bet? on a guy's heart and competitiveness that he's not going to come here where he was clearly used incorrectly in New York on the outside. This is a slot receiver. And I feel as though I would never doubt on that kid. As far as right is concerned, I feel like he's out of shape. He's made a lot of money. Don't know what kind of hunger he has. Doesn't have the artistry for the route. His college tape was one at Baylor where you're, not really asked to run deep concepts and feel, have that kind of feel for the game of football. So I'm looking at that, and I look at Daniel Braverman, and he's, what, $500,000 and as a rookie coming in, and, and Victor Cruz coming in, and I guess the guaranteed money that was stated by Brad Biggs and company was wrong, that it's really not $2 million guaranteed. So... I'm looking at these one-year deals, and you look at Wright, and he's carrying a higher cap number, I believe, Lawrence. So lower, I is he carrying lower than yeah, Cruz? So, so Wright's is a one-year, two million dollar deal with one million guaranteed. Cruz is technically a one-year, two point four six million dollar deal with one point five million guaranteed, but. It's 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 sort of it's based it's also based on his playing time a little bit. So I think Cruz is technically only one million or point five guaranteed right now. But if he plays out the rest of the regular season, even if he's on the roster, he'll jump up to one point five million. And then based on how much he plays, how many balls he catches, any yards and touchdowns, it can be up to four million dollars. Well, both of these players are unknowns to me. <laughs> the whole receiving core really has a lot of questions that we're going to get into, obviously, but. If I'm going to place my bet, and I love the slot position, guys, as you know, my bet is on Victor Cruz over right, and that's how I would define my money being stacked on the table. You see, when I look at this wide receiver depth chart, I mean, mm-hmm. you, when, you're, when you're talking about the 53-man roster, you're going to have probably six, maybe seven wide receivers at most, but probably going to be about six, maybe even five. But well, if you go with if you're going with six as a number— I mean, Cameron Meredith and Kevin White are essentially locks to make the roster. I mean, obviously, you you hope Kevin White is healthy, but you're not going to see them cut either one of those two at the 53-man deadline. So that gives you four more guys to pick from, and you're going to need at least one or two of them to play special teams. So if you've got four more guys to pick from, and you've got Wheaton, Wright, and Cruz there, you know, are you going to keep all three of those and then leave one? You know, none of those three guys play special teams besides returning kicks. You know, I think they've all done some punt returning and kickoff returning. But as far as gunning on special on on punt on punts and going down in the coverage team on kickoff, none of those guys have done that recently in their careers. And I don't feel like the Bears can really afford, along with Kevin White and Cameron Meredith, to have five wide receivers that don't play a lot of special teams. I mean, Cameron Meredith has in the past in his career, but if you're assuming he is your starting wide receiver. And, and that would be the, the safe assumption here, then he's not going to be on your kickoff team and your punt team and, and be a four-phase guy there. He's going to be all offense because you need him to be at his best there. So you're not. I, I just don't feel like you can go into the season with five wide receivers in Meredith, White, Wheaton, Wright, and Cruz. 
that don't contribute on special teams besides maybe some kick returning. I think you can keep maybe four of those guys maximum and then have a, a Josh Bellamy, a Deontay Thompson, one of these guys that can do a lot more than just be a return man and, and really help you on special teams because that's where these final roster spots come down to. I remember um, Vic Fangio was talking about how, why the 49ers didn't keep Marcus Cooper after they drafted him in the seventh round. He said, you know, I wanted to keep Cooper on defense, but our special teams coordinator really pounded the table for one other guy, and it was the bottom of the roster roster spot, so we took the special teams guy. And I feel like that's what's going to be coming here with Wheaton, Wright, and Cruz. And between the three of them, Marcus Wheaton is the one that got the two-year, $11 million contract with $6 million guaranteed. So his, his first year is basically fully guaranteed here. And it would be really shocking for me to see Pace give up on a guy and just give him $6 million for free, which is why I go to Cruz and Wright for the one, both on one-year deals with not a lot of guaranteed money. And I think only one of those two people is going to be able to make the 53-man roster. Well, it's, a, it's, it's a hard point to argue in June when the pads aren't on. I mean, performance is going to dictate how you manipulate the bottom half of your roster. We've seen it a lot. And unfortunately, you're right. The wide, wide receiver position, to me... Obviously, you put Kevin White in there and you put Cameron Meredith. That's what you did. And, and then you're throwing Wheaton in there. So that's three. To me, Kevin White, honestly, is not a lock. Only because you have to be able to cut bait and keep moving. If he can't do it, if you're carrying, you can't continue to ride on training wheels. You know, it's time to take them off and really decide what type of player you are in your third year now your third year might be your rookie year but let's be honest the eyes are going to roll by the educated football bears fan and any nfl coaching staff watching a team that's carrying a guy that's basically holding you back from being successful if obviously his health becomes an issue again you can't make the club in the tub I just don't see the fear, I would say. Uh, if you're winning, you're never going to win with politics. And if your deciding factor is, well, we drafted this guy first overall, and I got to look good, and, and we got to put him out there. He's got to be successful. Yeah, he's got it, but it's on him now. I think everybody understands that and will be willing to swallow that pill if Kevin White isn't up to the challenge, because I don't think now this year with Mike Glennon and, and Mitchell Trubisky and what have you at quarterback is the time to try to fit square peg in round hole. It's time to recognize who your best assets are at the position and make an educated guess. That'll come down, you know, to, I think Josh Bellamy, he's going to make the team because of his special teams ability and his ability to go on the field and play receiver unless you have someone else willing to step up and challenging challenge him. you got to find a kick returner and punt returner. I know that they've certainly spent the assets to do so. There's some talent there on the roster with Cunningham. You got Cohen. You got Braverman that could return punts. You, you drafted another punt returner. Why? I forgot his, who it was. I know you let go Kermit. I thought he was going to have an opportunity to give you competition on special teams. He didn't last long. So that special teams cog obviously came back and bit the Chicago Bears last year, one would argue. If the goal is to try to get a winning culture and define how you're moving forward, now you have a cast of characters. There was an unnamed defense back in the day, the the no-name defense, they called it. Now, there's the Bears have the no-name wide receiver core because no, no one's talking about the Bears receiver core. And really, Lauren, to stay on this, I, I, what is Marcus Wheaton? <laughs> Glennon and Wheaton are very unknowns that you're talking about guaranteed money to. I'm interested. I liked Wheaton coming out of Oregon State. I'll be the first one, nine-route guy. Does he have that gear? Does he have that fifth gear? I don't see him at all playing the slot receiver. And if Dow Loggins continues to try to put players that can't uh, play the position 
and can't define coming out of training camp the proper players, Jordan Howard, Cam Meredith, that should be starting, then he's gone. You need to get another offensive coordinator because football is not that complex. You could see it. Now, do they know the playbook? Do they know their checks? Ultimately, that's on you as the offensive coordinator to teach, to make sure that they understand what they're being asked to do any given Sunday. And if that was what's holding them back, that's your fault because you should have simplified to get the best talent and give you the best opportunity to win. He didn't do that last year. You hope he's learned. And it it seems as they're heavy in emphasis on the interior and, and tight ends and slots to compete and help this football team. So I think, I don't think Wheaton's a lock either, Lauren, even though they gave him that guaranteed money for me, I don't know. Is he the starting wide receiver opposite Cameron Meredith in your mind? Because he's not playing the slot receiver. I just, I mean, I just don't see that at all out of that football player on tape. Do you? No, not at all. So is he guaranteed a roster spot if he can't start? Or is he getting, he's your highest paid receiver and he's not, he's your third yeah, I mean, I, to, to me, the most talented receivers on the roster are Cameron Meredith, Daniel Braverman, and Victor Cruz. Those are the three most talented in my, in my assessment of football players. How they handle themselves on the football field in regards to injury, then you're going to throw Kevin White number four there. He could be number two in my mind, Kevin White. It just depends on how he runs, how he plays the mental game of football when the lights go on because let's face it if you and every fan listening into this show that's you know a fanatic for bears football is in their audience or in their man cave or wherever a sports bar saying up here goes kevin white when's he gonna get injured every every damn one of you is saying that, including myself. So if you are saying it, don't you think he's saying that himself in his head? He's concerned about it because now it's not one, it's two years, and he has a ton of pressure on him to be productive. And that GM that's sitting up there is feeling the same thing. So... What kind of mental state is Kevin White going to come into camp with? And hopefully somebody professionally, and I'm serious about this, Lauren. They had a, a, a sports psychologist on the coaching staff at Hofstra University. It was very important for some of these players with different type of backgrounds that have gone through different things in their lives. Uh, Kevin White could have been lived the greatest life in the world, but this kind of pressure is going to be something that can overcome and undo any kind of talent he has. So the Chicago Bears, and I hope Brad Biggs or one of these guys could do a story on the sports psychologist of the Chicago Bears and how he's going to need to assess and help Kevin White coming into this season. Well, Kevin White spoke to reporters last week, I don't want to say Tuesday or Wednesday when OTAs were opened back up to the media again. And he uh, he was asked a lot of these kind of tough questions that, that you were talking about. And I want to play for our listeners here the the audio clip from Kevin White at OTAs. Asked some, some good questions and uh, he was a little bit testy, I think, with the media. Didn't really want to give any, give any too much away, but he talked about how He's maybe not necessarily using this pressure as motivation because he feels like he doesn't need any more motivation. But listening to what he said, just a, a little bit of a snippet here. Feel good. Um, no complaints. Um, feel like I'm doing a pretty good job getting into my routes. Um, still working on a couple things, but uh, it's getting better. Kevin, at this point in your recovery, do you feel limited at all in any way? Is it just the team managing you, or are there still some things here you're not I'm comfortable with everything, um, so whatever I have to do, um, that's what I'll do. Um, other than that, that's, that's their call upstairs. 
Okay, what type of uh, urgency do you feel in year three going through the rehab again, not being able to finish the year, year ago? Um, got to happen now. Uh, got to turn it up. Um, you know, even year one, year two, I always want to turn it up and, and show what I can do. So for me, year three is just, it's time. We got a lot to prove, um, but who don't? So uh, we just take it like that and, you know, whoever want to say things about us, uh, you know, say we're unproductive or inconsistent or whatever you want to say. I mean, you guys write it up and we'll try to do our best out here. If you say I won't be able to score 100, I mean, a, a touchdown or get 100 yards in the game, that don't affect how I'm going to play. I just, I just know I got to turn it up and um, do what I got, do what I got to do. So obviously, Kevin White is well aware that, you know, the rumors are out there. The word "bust" is thrown around quite a bit. You know, he he's, he seems like the kind of guy that's at least trying to act like he doesn't care. I mean, I don't know. I mean, none of us really know what Kevin White reads, what Kevin White hears, how Kevin White thinks. I mean, he can, you know, he says it doesn't really affect him. And I, I get that, you know, sort of like, you know, whether or not the media writes something bad about him isn't going to de- change his desire to still do the best he possibly can. It's not like, oh, they're talking bad about me. I should I should try and play good now. I mean, he's always trying to play a- as good as possible. So I get some of the pushback there, but he also did seem a little bit short, a little bit testy about some of the answers. You know, he doesn't, he's not really interested in answering a lot of questions about his career. I think he's kind of ready to just go out there and play. But Phil, what did you think about uh, Kevin White's comments there? I think obviously he's understanding the pressure's on and, you know, everyone thinks it's crazy to think that this guy's not a lock. If you're trying to win football games and you're carrying dead weight that continues to get injured, how long, how many years can you carry this guy on a roster? Are these freak injuries? Is this guy, has he shown you that he's able to do it? That's what he's got to look in the mirror. And that's what you're hearing. He's giving you the political answer, but really, ultimately, I'm trying to win football games. I got to have healthy football players that know their assignments that are able to catch and move the chains and become a beast. I don't think, are you confident in Kevin White going forward? Has anybody seen Kevin White do something that is saying he's a roster lock? Has anybody? Have you, Lauren? No, and I mean, like like when I had when I kind of locked in Kevin White, it was not a I think Kevin White is going to be a top five receiver on this team this year necessarily. It's a I think Ryan Pace is going to play politics there and keep him around no matter what because it's his first pick. Even if though, even if that's not the smartest, you know, best football decision. I mean, obviously. You know, part of me would, even if he gets hurt again, would still want to keep him around. And maybe the most convenient thing would be if he's on, he's on IR before the fifty-three man <laughs> roster cuts. But yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, I'm not, I'm not super confident in his ability to step up and produce this year. And I, I I would hope that the Bears aren't planning on relying on him. And I don't think they would sign three veteran wide receivers in free agency that all have starting experience in the past if they were planning on st- uh, sticking with him and being able to rely on him as a starting quarterback this fall, but or as a starting wide receiver this fall, excuse me, but I, I would at least like to potentially see him in the rotation. You know, he's not, I don't think he's going to be your starting wide receiver this year, but I, I do think he's going to be able to be someone that maybe is your number three, number four guy. So say you got I don't know, Cruz and Meredith out there. You can bring in Kevin White as sort of the third guy, and, you know, he comes in on the inside, or he, he comes in as the third receiver, but you move a Victor Cruz to the slot as one of your starters, and then maybe you've got yourself a nice little rotation there to be able to get White some playing time, but you're not forcing him in there as a starter like they did last year, and you're not trying to get him to do too much. Just let him sort of run the routes that he knows well and that he runs well and let him sort of play to his strengths, but don't force him in as a as a number one weapon here in your offense. Just kind of let him do as much as he can. And maybe, maybe that is kind of forcing him over another receiver that might be more talented right now at this very moment. But, but I don't know, part of me feels like you're not winning a lot of games in 2017 anyway. I mean, maybe Mike Glennon starts playing really well, and you do, but I'm not necessarily banking on a, a big high win season. So maybe 
maybe I do kind of force Kevin White the ball a little bit. But I want to get, Phil, before I get your response <laughs> to that, we got our first caller on the line here, and I want to get his thoughts on, on the Kevin White takes that have been flying. Caller, uh, give me a name and, and where you're from. I want some of that stuff that the draft doctors uh, got going on over there. What's going on, fellas? What's up, Shano? Calling not, in. Not a lock. What? Are you kidding me? You don't think I, Kevin White's a lock for this roster, Phil? I, I'm saying, Shane, to be very clear. Right. This, this guy has a his, injury history. Two, bro- two broken bones. Broken me- bo- broken and bones. Me- and a mental capacity that seems to be remiss when it comes on the football field. He clearly had discontent and disconnection with Cutler and company. It wasn't just Jay. So they started force-feeding this football player. He clearly wasn't ready, Shane. So what's going to say that this guy, and that's just the coach in me. Lauren's talking politics. You're talking politics because this was their first-round pick. I'm talking about talent on the roster. If he's not showing anything... It's not politics. It's not politics, Phil. It's called sanity. You're going to write the guy off because he broke. Oh two no, no, bones? no! I'm saying he's not a lock because of his injury history and his he's mental a, state. I don't know how he's going to perform. You're saying he's not a lock for the to make the 53. I, I'm saying that I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's not a he's lock. A, he's not a lock yeah. because you don't know. But I mean, so, so to you, it's just, it's, is it more of a factor of the injuries in your, in your mind? Well, I, I, exactly. Yeah. It's the injury. And I haven't seen, have you seen that this kid's a first round talent? No, because he's played in four games and we knew that he was a raw wide receiver coming in. So there you go. So how is he going to all of a sudden spark the because ability you, to do it when you're facing an uphill climb with the mental state of what it takes because, to be in the NFL. Because you're drafting a kid on upside. I mean, no, so I uh, under I uh, under under that philosophy, Phil, then we should has Mitchell Trubisky showed you anything that he should should have been a first round pick in the NFL this year? Well, yeah, I had him ranked as a first round pick. So. <laughs> but I'm but I'm saying he's played in. Kevin White's played in four more games than Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, yes, we're all pissed off because he's been injured and had two. So, Shane, if he gets hurt in camp, is he making the roster? Yeah, he, he'll be on the he'll be a, a part of the bear. They're not going to release Kevin White. I, I don't see how you continue to play this game of Russian roulette at wide receiver. Now you. You hold a roster spot for a guy that really can't give you well, anything no, if, that you drafted him for. So basically, if he gets, if he gets he, hurt, they're not going to hold a roster spot for him. They're going to put him on IR. Yeah, well, I mean, he's I, off I, the fifty-three. Then that's what well, he's I'm saying. A, but I'm not. I when I heard you say that, I thought you were talking about they're going to move on from the guy and release him, and he's not going to be part if of. If he gets the hurt again, yes, I, I believe they will cut and waive him injured. If he gets hurt again, but uh, I just I I'm not I'm not da- as down. I mean, yes, as far as the injuries and and stuff like that, yeah, it sucks. Especially two straight years and only being in four games. What did they say? He's he's got 19 receptions and he's missed 28 games. So, so what I mean, happened? L- listen to the questions that are happening in June. Like right. I broke it down. I don't know if you heard me break it down, but I really think there's a mental case here that needs to be handled i'm not saying the kid didn't have talent i thought he was a first round talent he was my second ranked wide receiver that coming out of that draft but he came into camp he uh knowing the playbook doesn't raw as you said too and he's continually hurt broken bones broken bones don't always not break again they continue to you could be fragile. You could be fragile. And if he's fragile, Fred, he's not going to be able to make this football team. But uh, I guess what I'm saying, Phil, is just like what you're saying. You know, it's 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 June, and and you're talking about his mental 
state. Well, of course, I mean, of course, Kevin White's pissed off. He, he's a, a top seven pick expecting to come in and make an immediate impact. And he does, he doesn't even get to suit up year one, year two, he plays four games, goes back out. Of course, he's going to be pissed, pissed off. And then you got an, a guy like Mark Potash that just point blank comes out and throws the bust word in his face when he's there at OTAs. And I understand it's a legitimate question, but there, I don't think that there's a wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, especially a wide receiver, the, that position, when it's got that diva mentality, of, of course they're going to be pissed off. And, and he, he, he feels the pressure. He's never going to come out and say, oh, I, you know, I guess he can come out and say it, but it's, it's not true. He feels well, the way he The way he answered the questions that Lauren played tells me not only does he feel it, that I – if I'm betting, if I'm betting on talent, I'm telling you that Kevin White, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle it, overcoming this. And then now you have a numbers game. You're Is basing that. You? You're basing that off his words. Not just his words. What he said. I'm basing it off of two, two, three things. A, I've played the position and the sport, so I know what it is to get injured, come back. I don't know what it is to be a first-round pick, so I'm assessing the kind of pressure that he feels to fulfill what Ryan Pace believed in him and what he believes he could do. And that kind of pressure, when a whole city and a, and a, and a world that loves the Chicago Bears and the Bears rule the day in Chicago, he has to feel that, and he will. And is he going to push too hard? Is he ready to become that guy? I'm saying if he's injured, he's done in Chicago. Put that in your books. He's not a roster lock because of that. That's what I'm talking about. If he comes in and he's healthy and he balls out, then he can. he's going to be on this roster. But he's got to show you something, and he has to stay healthy. So the fact that he's been injured twice, raw, and having to overcome the wave of mental toughness that comes with that position, I can say I'm on the side that he's no lock to make the roster because there is a propensity to push or be overwhelmed in the game of football. And we might have that situation where he's going to go somewhere else and maybe make a little career for himself, but... That's how I see it. I just don't see the guy being sounds, healthy, Shane. It sounds to me like you're almost describing our former quarterback in a way. Injured every year and, you know, trying to pick apart every word that's said when you can clearly tell that a guy is frustrated and hasn't. I mean, I can't say that he hasn't had a fair shot, but I just, to me, I don't, I, I don't understand. To me, Kevin White's a lock. For the roster, it just—I I mean, what's the Lauren? Do you have the numbers if they were to to release him in in year three? It's not going to be much, but I don't have it right in front of me. But I have the, I have the spot rack page open. I just have to load the one with Kevin White on it. So yeah. If you give me so a couple Shane, minutes here, I'll have it. If if he gets yeah, injured, yeah. if yeah. he gets injured, say we're in preseason. But I mean, Phil, oh, that's the, here we go again, Kevin White. Sure, and I mean you're dealing that you're gonna you can deal with that with Pernell McPhee who who can save the Bears what around six million dollars. Is he a roster lock? Pernell McPhee, not he's not a roster lock just because of the the savings um, to the Bears and his injury history. Yeah, but Uh, exactly. So the educate when you're coaching the game of football, if you can't be healthy and consistently do something. Uh, with Josh Bellamy, he gives you good special teams reps. I'll give him that. He could go down, cover kicks, cover punts, plays hard. I mean, this guy should be playing free safety, in my mind, Josh Bellamy, that is. And he could give you reps there because he's obviously tough, athletic. He just has problems catching the football, which but that's to me, a Phil- big point, point. So he could make the roster with the drops because of that. Kevin to White me, is not going to cover kicks, Shane. He's not well, going to yeah, cover punts. He's not going to do punt returning. 
Right, and Josh Bellamy's not going to play free safety. I'm just, <laughs> I I'm, know. Th- I'm just th- throwing that out there. That I well, would... <laughs> right? Maybe he can punt. I don't know. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it to me, I don't. This is, I don't even know where it warrants. And like I said, this is your guy's show. I don't even see where Kevin White roster, if he should be even be rostered, warrants a. I don't even think think it's a legitimate discussion i ride that's just Shane, me. if he's if he's if, healthy if, he's making the roster yeah the that's point, the point the point is the propensity for him to be healthy has not been there but that's it i guess what i'm saying phil is it's like you you're i think by the way that you're projecting this is you're you already have him off the roster because you're not expecting him to stay healthy that's what it seems like to me you're no, fully I'm expecting saying, Kevin White to get hurt. Is he a roster lock based yeah. on what he's shown you? And you're saying yes. I'm no, saying he's Phil, been injured. No, Phil, it's not. That's, the NFL rosters aren't. I mean, based on what he's shown me, in the, but they're not, he, he's played in four games. They're basing it on what he potentially could become if he stays healthy. It's not about what he's shown you in the NFL. So let me ask, let me clarify, let me clarify where I'm coming from. This guy has shown us nothing. He's done zero. He's been injured twice. Broken bones, what have you. Okay. Okay. I hear you finish. Let me finish. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on you and the fan. Yeah. He gets hurt in training camp. Yeah. Tears is an ACL. God forbid. Or. You give me an injury, muscle injury, okay? Sure. He's out eight weeks, 12 yep. weeks out. Is he on the roster? You keep him? Well, if they add the second IR, I think I think it's going to see depend on how he rehabs. Let me ask you a question, Phil. What's, so Daniel, I, Braver, what's Daniel Braverman done for you to show that he warrants a roster spot in the NFL? Daniel Braverman, same Daniel, thing. What's He's he done? He's not a lock. He's not a lock. But what has he done in the NFL to show you that he warrants a roster spot this year? What's he done? I mean, he was injured and he's had knee surgery. What's he done That's in the it. NFL? He's got, he's got to go in there. He's played the game. He's been out there 16 games with an injury, with an owie. He try, he's going in practice every day, learning his playbook, being in the game. That's, that's what he's done. He's done more than Kevin White in my eyes. Kevin White carries a first-round draft pick. Thus, the fan base thinks that he's a roster lock. If he gets injured, I just don't know how you sell that. Here's a guy that's been injured three years. He's got a four-year deal, and he's done nothing for you. It's time to turn the page on that. You can't count on that. That's where I'm coming from. Daniel Braverman is a rookie, seventh-round pick, that is coming into his second year. This year defines Daniel Braverman. This year in camp, Kevin White is going into his third year. He's the seventh overall pick. Seventh overall. What has he done? And that's where I'm coming from. Injury but tells it's... me his. if he gets injured, then I just don't know how you continue to count on it. That sends the wrong message to me. It just does. I'm just saying that that's where I'm standing. If people can't understand, I don't know how much clearer I could be. I think Lauren agrees with me. If he's injured, you just can't make the club in the tub. Well, you got to move but, on. Phil, that's, I mean, yeah, we're talking if he's injured. But, I mean, at this point, you're... you're well, well, that was right, my so, point. He's, right. he's got injured twice. He's consistent with injury. That's it. He doesn't consistently catch the ball. He doesn't do his route. We don't know. He could come out here and ball out. And then... People will twist my words, and that'll be fun. But the reality is I'm basing this on exactly what you said. He's shown me zero, but the consistency to be injured. And thus, you see Wheaton, Wright, Cruz, Titus Davis, Braverman. Uh, This kid, uh, Tanner Gentry, could come into camp. He's an undrafted free agent. He learns his playbook and balls out. You're going to play Kevin White over him? That, that kind of coaching politics is why you're a three-win football team. And I'm sorry. That's the truth. You look at Seattle. 
they pay the undrafted free agents. They play the undrafted free agents that go in there and ball out. Same with New England. Those are the coaches that win because they recognize talent and they put it on the football field, whether it be a seventh-round pick or seventh pick overall. That's how I see it, and that's how I see Kevin White. And anyone arguing any different could show me the numbers of what he's been able to do, opportunity versus non-opportunity, when you're comparing he's, these guys. Well, he's played I, in four. He's played in four games. I, I, I don't know what he was. Exp- I don't know what he can show you in four games. Yes, he's been injured, so he hasn't been out there. He hasn't been able to show you anything. And we all knew the day that he was drafted that he was an extreme. It was the same same type of deal with Leonard Floyd. I mean, this is obviously a pattern with Ryan Pace where he's basing, especially with his first-round pick, on the high potential for high upside with with um, Kevin White, with Leonard Floyd, and now Mitchell Trubisky just you know a month ago. So I think that's probably something while Ryan Pace is here that all Bears fans should kind of expect when our first-round draft pick comes around. But I don't know what he's expected to show you in, in, in four games. I just... If, if John Fox, if, if John Fox had an issue with Alshon Jeffrey, which was very clear, they had an issue with Kyle Fuller, which was very clear. But you're going to placate to Kevin White and send the wrong mixed message like you did with Tracy Porter. Kevin That's White got hurt and broke a bone, Phil. You're talking about a soft in, soft tissue injury with Alshon Jeffrey, where he. And, and then he also got clipped for PEDs, and Kyle Fuller got a knee scope, and he ended up missing the season for it. You're talking about it's two different, totally different sides of the spectrum. But if you have broken bones, you can't play. If Alshon Jeffrey went out and broke bones, you know, two consecutive years, we wouldn't be screaming about soft tissue injuries and people screaming, is he soft himself? He wouldn't have went to Philadelphia and been available to all 32 NFL teams and signed a one-year deal. So I think there's a lot more to the Alshon Jeffrey story than just politics. Maybe there's an issue with uh, Alshon behind the scenes that we don't know about. And to me, it kind of proved out that way by him signing a one-year deal in Philly. And go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, part of part of what I want to clarify too is, you know, it's easy to see the words Kevin White is not a lock and and talk about that. And the more you talk about it, the more it starts to become Phil doesn't think Kevin White is going to make the Bears roster. I think if you consider a lock 100%, I would say Phil's argument is that maybe Kevin White is 80% or 90% likely to make the roster on that on that 10 to 20% chance that he gets hurt again, but it's not a I don't think Kevin White is good enough to make the roster. It's a you know you never exactly. know with this guy. You never know. Would Scotty Farrell chime in on this yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think he would chime in agreeing with me. And that's, 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 uh, Lauren is breaking down the analytical side of Phil. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Lauren. It's, it's not a lock. It's just not, guys. I'm sorry. That guy carries a lot of unknowns and, and, I'm not saying – how do I go from saying I had this guy graded as the second-best wide receiver in that draft, that I liked the pick coming out, I wasn't in love. You all know Amari Cooper was my guy. But he's done nothing. So if he does something in camp to get himself back to nothing, meaning injury, then I, as the general manager, am going to say to my fan base – I've messed up. We're going to move on from the gamble that is Kevin White and his injury, his inability to play football. I'm not going to pay a player that's constantly on IR. That's that's all I'm saying, Shane. Not that he doesn't have the talent. Not that I've signed him off the roster. He's a lock to get knocked out. He's not making it. I'm just saying the propensity seems to be that he's going to have to overcome injury and the ment- he hopefully, like I said, the Bears have a mental psychologist, a football sports psychologist there to help this guy overcome what it's going to take to come back and play great football. I think in the back of his head, he's hearing the voices, Shane. And I, don't, I 
Oh, I would agree understand. With that. I would totally understand why. That's all I'm saying. Is if right, you're I, not going full speed, and you're going half speed, you're going to get hurt. So, hopefully, wouldn't you, be, wouldn't you be pissed off if he wasn't feeling it? I mean, as a as a NFL player and just as a competitor in general, I mean, I don't want to lose to my six year old kid in Madden. I get pissed off if he completes a pass against me. But, you know, sometimes he beats me. But Ooh. that's I, I'm just trying to make him feel better about himself. But, <laughs> Snowflake. No, kid. I mean, I. <laughs> you have a participation no, I, trophy for Madden 2 there, Shane? I, uh, I just think. Lamar it's, Houston jersey. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> I think it's all starting to, like you said, it's it's kind of starting to pile on this kid. And at this point, like you said, it's it's we're in June, and what can he do about it? You know, and I know if every one of us were in the same position and Mark Potash in front of a group of reporters, you know, talked to us about being a bust, and then I think it was Kevin Fishbane that just blurted out laughing when Potash said that. Really? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear yeah. it. If you, you can barely hear it, I didn't. Yeah, but that was supposed. Supposedly, that was Kevin Fishbane that blurted out laughing on that. But uh, I'd be pissed off too. But that's that's a whole another show with the Chicago media, and we know we've all been through that with with Jay. But you know, this kid goes out and and week two he goes out and puts up 125 yards and has two touchdowns. I think it can be a completely different story. To me, it's all about confidence and staying healthy. I think we're on the same page. I think it's, it's all going to boil down to his health. I just don't – I keep belaboring this point. I'm sorry. I think we can move on. But, Lauren, I'm going to ask you. You be the mediator here. You be the final – get the uh, the uh, million-dollar question music ready. <laughs> if the guy gets hurt, I'm talking – and he's going to miss 10 to 12 weeks. Do you think they keep him on this roster or they turn the page on this guy's career here? I think Ryan Pace keeps him on the roster, but I don't know if Lauren Cox, who's general manager, if if I was general manager, I, I, like I said, I think I think the Bears will keep Kevin White no matter what. I think they'll play politics. They, they, they've been up to that in the past, and they will again this time. But for, for me, it would depend on what I've seen out of the likes of Wright, Cruz, Wheaton, and even Cameron Meredith and Braverman and every other receiver on my roster. And if I feel like all three of the veterans that I signed are playing really well and kind of getting back to what they've done earlier in their career, and Cameron Meredith is playing well, maybe Braverman has a good preseason, then, you know, I do consider just moving on from an injured Kevin White. But if, you know, Meredith is fine and, you know, Wheaton is just kind of okay and Wright's out of shape and Cruz is a little bit slower than I thought he would be and I'm not really feeling all that great about my wide receivers, then... I throw Kevin White on the, the short-term IR and bring him back next year because I don't feel like I have anything better at the wide receiver position, and I might as well take a chance on him again next season rather than just throwing that away entirely just because I don't feel like the rest of the guys are ready to take over. But like I said, if Wright and Cruz and Wheaton are playing well, maybe assign one to an extension next offseason, move on from Kevin White now if he's hurt and, and do that. But yeah, I think, I think Ryan Pace keeps him no matter what. Well, there you go. Well, and, and you Shane, guys are on that side. Well, and, yeah, I, I, I don't see him being being uh, released. Or I mean, even if he's hurt, I think Lauren's right. He's gonna he's gonna be an IR candidate, and I guess then they'll cross that bridge in the off season. Yeah, and and but obviously that's that's Ryan Pace, and and you know we might handle the situation differently. But we're getting down here to our hour here, Shane. So I'll, I'll let you go, and we'll we'll wrap up the show here. Later, fellas. All right, Shane. Thanks for some good debate, Shane. That was excellent radio. See you later. There you go. Shane Marsoff, Bears Barroom, draft analyst over there. Check out bearsbarroom.com. Aldo Gandia and the boys bringing NFL stuff, draft and bear stuff to the airwaves on their radio as well as their website, Lauren, where they house this show, Bears Hour Live as well. Yes, they do. And I, I, I wasn't intending on this show becoming the Kevin White debate <laughs> Kevin show. Kevin White but saga. Yeah. It, Chronicles of Kevin White. 
it, it turned out it turned out pretty darn well. I think that was good, healthy discussion on Kevin White. I mean, uh, Kevin White has got to stay healthy, Lauren. I mean, seriously. I mean, we got a guy here that's been injured what two, one, two years in the first three years of his career. I mean, what are we getting out of him? I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. He's how many? <laughs> You know, he's, I don't know. Is he going to get healthy? Is he going to stay? Is he going to get hurt again? I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying he's gone off the roster. I'm just saying it's not 100. <laughs> percent I mean, no, but, every year he's injured. Every year we're paying him millions. You decide. <laughs> Little bit of Scott Farrell on on Bears Our Life there, but Phil, real quick before before we sign off, I wanted to talk a little bit about who. Uh, who you think the top three receivers are going to be? Just you know, obviously it's June, and I know we don't like to make roster predictions and say this guy's going to be cut and this guy's, you know, no chance Daniel Brewerman makes the roster. But right now, just based <laughs> on what we've seen of these guys and kind of what we know, who are the best three receivers on this team? You talk, you talked about it a little bit. I guess who are your two outside starters and who's your number three? Wow. Well, I think you look at this. And obviously, Cameron Meredith jumps we're not to the top. This in or anything. This is not a draft. Doctor Phil's official prediction, but you know, June fourth, you're looking at these receivers and Cameron Meredith looking like a starter. Absolutely, Cameron Meredith. I think Victor Cruz is going to get the starting nod inside at the slot position, and then you you probably are looking at Marcus Wheaton playing the outside on the opposite side of of Cameron Meredith. I know Dowell liked to put Cameron Meredith in the slot. Me and you got on him, but I think (laughs) despite themselves, they might've done a good thing to get this kid ready for the, for, to be consistent all over. Because if you could play inside, I've always said, then you could play anywhere because that's the hardest and, and even though you're going up against an opposing team's maybe third best corner, sometimes it's their best corner is their interior nickelback. And but to be able to understand route concepts, work in those zone and find those holes versus those linebackers and get over in top of the safeties, you really have to be able to be a tough son of a gun to be inside like that and, and work those chains. And I think, you know, Cameron Meredith getting that experience last year really helped his route running ability. You saw improvement all throughout the season, but I really feel his best position is outside, obviously. And I think you signed Wheaton, and and I liked Wheaton coming out of Oregon State a lot, and I think that he'll give you that speed to take the top off on the outside and and really help this football team. The, The big question mark to me is right. Him and Wright will compete there. I don't see Wright inside. I just don't see that kind of toughness or that kind of art form in the route. And then I have Daniel Braverman in my mind as the fourth best receiver there, barring health of Kevin White. Those two guys, I think, if I'm ranking them, so there's four guys you got. You got five now. So Kevin White and Daniel Braverman. And then you... What Tanner Gentry brings to the table will be interesting because, again, a guy that understands the art form, granted on college tape, as Shane was talking about, potential. That's all we can go and analyze by. The kid has a lot of it that I like, but, again, he's an outside-only guy. I don't see him. I don't think he's unable to play the slot position. I just don't think he has the instantaneous get-off and quickness to play inside like that where he can use his size because he is a bigger guy at six one six two, and he understands the ability to run the route so those are your top guys in my mind and then you know josh bellamy and deontay thompson are more special teams guys and reuben randall is a big unknown him and uh right to me are the big unknowns because the Ruben Randall circa 2012, 13, whenever he came out, same year as Alshon Jeffrey, he had a great season with the New York Giants and Eli Manning. So how he comes into camp, because here's a guy who's done it before, and then he kind of, he took a precipitous turn for the worse, where he just wasn't trying and wasn't, and we know about that in Chicago, right, Lauren? 
Oh, yeah. Just giving up on the route, not knowing his assignments. So that kind of stuff was really what got him out of New York. And that's on a first-day basis with a former coach of his. So how he decides that he's taken on this offseason in the weight room, outside with his running agility, he definitely has the talent. So him and Wright are the complete unknowns to me as far as they could be the Wright could immediately take over for Wheaton and become that outside guy that you saw at Baylor, that you saw his rookie year, really dominant, playing and running those deep fades and, and deep posts and coming in and the in-cut. That's where he's successful. He's not a great route runner, but he has talent and athleticism. So he and Ruben Randall will be huge wild cards in this, but that's where they lie in the rankings for me, Lauren. Yeah, I agree on those two being the biggest wild card. One, one thing that keeps coming to my mind when I look at this wide receiver chart is you got Meredith White, Wheaton, Wright, Cruz, and Braverman and Gentry. None of them played special teams last year. None of them have been big special teams guys, and that's that's going to be tough for these guys to, to, to funnel mm-hmm. down. I think one of Bellamy and Thompson is going to make this roster, and I have a feeling it's going to be Josh Bellamy, but... We'll Me see too. when training camp comes around and, and how these guys play in the preseason and how how things start to come together because obviously the, the offense comes first and special teams would have come second, but it's still obviously very important. But you can only keep so many of these guys that don't do a whole lot on specials or at least haven't in the past. Obviously, they're going to be learning, a guy like Tanner Gentry especially, but you just never quite know the consistency there. And you know more often than not, the, the special teams specialists tend to stick on the bottom of these rosters. But that's going to have to do it for us on Bears Hour Live. Uh, next week, I am going to be the one with a scheduling conflict on Sunday. So we're going to try and do a Thursday night show. We're looking at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern. For those of you on the East Coast with Draft Dr. Philatoshin, we'll be back on the air. Obviously, the podcast version, if you can't catch the Thursday night show, we're on iTunes. We're on Blog Talk Radio. We are no longer on Podbean. We switched hosts over to the BTR, so check out our stuff there. Obviously, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, all of our podcast stuff there. I know last week we talked about the Rashad Coward and the Jay Howard film rooms. They're coming. First one will be Monday with Rashad Coward, and then I believe Jay Howard will be out on Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to be able to check those out. You know, Keep up with all of our film room videos. A lot of good stuff coming there. Now that we're getting through these undrafted free agents, we're going to stick to more of the NFL guys getting Jay Howard first. Jay Howard. Might do some Victor Cruz, might do some Cravon LeBlanc. We'll see. Uh, th- those plans are still in the works there, but that's going to have to do it for this edition of Bears Hour Live again next Thursday and actually the Thursday after that because two Sundays from now is Father's Day, so we're going we're gonna to take that one off too. So it'll be the next two Thursdays instead of Sundays. Be sure to tune in to the live show. But with that, I would like to thank everyone for listening to this edition of Bears Hour Live. Come on. Come on.